0: Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com.
1: Now, here's Jim. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RTC Weekly Download. I'm your host, Jim Dolan. We have another great hour of old-time radio for you today. And part of that great hour, will be featuring the Hollywood hillbilly, Judy Canova. And she's going to fiddle around with a saxophone, and I'm sure it'll be amusing. But first, we will be hearing from the 21st Precinct. Now, this is a police procedural program from New York City, and that's what it's based on. The episode is from 1954, and it's called The Bottle.
2: 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Shooting where? Talk into the phone, will you? Where's the shooting? Lexington and what? And well, who shot? Who?
3: Yeah. You are in the muster room at the 21st Precinct, the nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct.
2: Okay. Go back there and wait. The officers will be right over there.
4: Yeah, that's right. I'm sending it now. Right now. 21st Precinct, transcribed. It's just lines on a map of the city of New York. Most of the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River... wouldn't know, if you asked them, that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men of the 21st Precinct.
3: The 21st. 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and 4 lieutenants, of whom I'm the boss. My name is Kennelly, Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my night tour, 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. I had come into the station house at 3.25 in order to give myself enough time before the turnout of the platoon to change to uniform, read reports and communications, and confer with the desk officers... Lieutenant Gorman and Lieutenant Snyder, who were coming on and going off duty, respectively. When I turned out the platoon, the most important instructions I gave the men concerned a series of armed robberies of liquor stores which had plagued detectives and the patrol force of every precinct on the east side of Manhattan uptown from 34th Street during the last three weeks. The two armed men had hardly missed a night. Sometimes they hit twice or three times in the same night. The victim was always a package store. The time was always between 7 and 10 p.m. The score was 19 robberies and $3,300. He didn't look like they were ready to quit. Of the 19 robberies, six were in the 21st precinct, and Lieutenant King, the commander of the 21st detective squad, hadn't been home in a week. Neither had most of his men. After the 62 men who would patrol the precinct until midnight marched out the front door of the station house to take over their posts, I returned to my office, closed the door, and walked over to my desk to more thoroughly read the reports waiting for my signature. 21st Precinct, Captain Connelly.
5: Sergeant
2: Waters on T.S., Captain.
3: Yes, Sergeant.
2: Lieutenant King is down at the desk. He wants to know if he can see you
3: a minute. Yeah, sure. Tell him to come in.
5: Yes, sir. Okay, Lieutenant.
3: Go on in. Uh, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Have a car come by the house for me at 435. I want to go out on patrol. Yes, sir. Come in. No, come in, Matt.
6: Hello, Captain. I saw the door closed. I thought you might have someone in there.
3: Sit down, Matt. Yes. Sir. No, I uh I've been keeping it closed when I'm in here. Some psycho's been wandering into the station house and heading right for my office before anyone could stop him. He's got some story about the flying saucers being after him. Oh <laughs> him. we had him up in the squad, too.
6: Well, how are you doing on
3: those liquor store robberies, Matt? Get any line on them? Well, that's
6: what I want to talk to you about, Captain. Yeah? The borough chief called all the squad commanders concerned to a meeting this afternoon. What did he have to say? Well, He had plenty to say. For a half hour straight. Nineteen armed robberies, he said. Same two guys. Always in liquor stores, always between 7 and 10 p.m. Nobody's been able to get a line on them, he said. Nobody's been able to get to first base.
3: Well, he can't say you haven't been working.
6: No, sir, he can't say that. We've been running down every angle we get. We've been planting a few stores. We thought they might hit. They've been doing the same thing in the other squads. What did the chief say? 19 robberies and no shooting yet. He said to stretch it to the 20th, it'd be going too far. He said if we don't get them right now, they're going to kill some victim.
3: Yeah, well, I don't think he's far wrong about that. Yes,
6: sir, neither do I. I've been worrying about it all along. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to put almost 100% plant on package stores between 34th Street and 96th Street.
3: Plant all of them? Well, there's a couple of hundred.
6: Well, we're narrowing it down some. In the first place, these guys haven't hit a store where there's been more than one clerk. Always only one clerk on the job.
3: Well, that takes it down a lot.
6: Yes, sir. And out of the 19 jobs, only two of them were on cross streets. The rest were on avenues.
3: Why do you figure that is?
6: I don't know. Must be something in their mind, I guess. That takes it down some more, eliminating all the stores on the cross streets. Yeah. And they haven't yet hit a store that's been on a corner. Oh, haven't they? No, sir. Every one of the 19 has been in the middle of the block, or at least away from the corner. Well, I guess they figure there's more chance for someone to see inside the store if it's on a corner. Yes, sir, that might be it. So we've got it down to within reason. Well, are you going to plant two men in each? Yes, sir. There's been two stick-up men in every case, both of them armed. We'll need two to handle them. That'll take a lot of men. Well, uh, everybody from the five squads is working. Yeah? The chief is putting half the men from the Manhattan East Homicide Squad and half the men from the youth squad on the job. And the uh, chief of detectives is sending as many men as he can spare. You no, know, five here, six there, ten there. Yeah? The central office bureaus are giving us about 12 men. We've got a couple each from the safe and loft and narcotics squad. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The chief got hold of every division commander in Manhattan East... and they're giving us about 20 plainclothesmen. And, uh... <clears throat> we're asking the precincts concerned to furnish four... or preferably six patrolmen to work in plain clothes. You caught me on a night when I'm kind of short, Matt. Well, I... won't ask you for six, Captain. How about four? All right, I'll, I'll get you four men. Each of them will be assigned on a plant with an experienced detective...
3: Yeah, that's the way it should be.
6: When does this go into effect? Tonight. We've got the surveys made. We know the stores we're going to plant. It's all set for tonight. And uh, how long do you expect it to continue? I don't know, Captain.
3: Depends on when we get them. Immediately after conferring with Lieutenant King, I went out into the muster room and around behind the desk to apprise Lieutenant Gorman, the desk officer, of the situation. After considerable discussion, we determined the names of four patrolmen... to be assigned to work with the detectives on this case. They were called in off their posts, told to change to civilian clothes... and report to Lieutenant King forthwith. Within an hour, Lieutenant King furnished to Lieutenant Gorman... a complete list of 31 package stores in the precinct that would be planted... in the hope of catching the stick-up men in the act of committing robbery. As patrolmen on post rang in at their stated times... They were informed by the desk officer of the stores on their posts in which detectives would be on duty. Patrolman Fallon, the 124 man, typed up complete lists for the men in sector cars and the sergeants. At 6.45 p.m., Detective William Novak of the 21st Squad and Patrolman Paul Vaccaro, who had been assigned to work with him in plain clothes, were on Lexington Avenue walking toward the Fairbridge Liquor Store, which they were under instructions to plant. Ah, uh, plant's are worst deal in a book. Ah, uh, it's better than walking post. Yeah, well, you tell
7: me that three hours from now, and you're a liar. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's it, isn't
5: it? Yeah. Let
7: me talk to the guy, have a car? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Uh-huh.
8: What do you say? What What did you have in mind? We've got a special in rum. Uh, we're detectives. Oh, my name's Novak. This is Vaccaro. Hi. How are you? Healus. Jack Healus. <laughs> Glad to know you. You know, for a minute I was worried when you came in. I've been hearing all this about watch out for two men together, those holdups, you know.
7: Yeah. Well, that's what we're here to see you about.
8: What do you mean? Are you the boss? You own the place? No, I'm not the boss. I'm just a clerk. The boss went home. He works days. I work nights.
7: Yeah, well, we want to stick around here a while tonight.
8: What do you mean, stick around? Why?
7: Well, I'll tell you, Jack, it's not that we're expecting anything... But just in case these guys do walk in, we want to give you some protection. Okay?
8: Listen, you're sure? Sure about what? That you don't expect them here.
7: We don't expect them here any more than we do anyplace else. We're covering a lot of places tonight. Oh.
8: Hey, listen, what's this here? Uh, special on
9: champagne?
8: Yeah, special this week.
9: It's pretty cheap, for French champagne. Lay
8: off. That's a lousy year. That's why it's cheap. The connoisseurs won't touch it. Oh. This neighborhood is lousy with connoisseurs. I, mean, I wondered why it was so cheap. Eh. Uh, These guys have held up a lot of package stores, huh?
7: Nineteen.
8: I've been working here eight years. Nobody has ever stuck me up yet, knock on wood.
7: Well, you can never tell when your number's up. So what we'd like to do is stay back there in the stock room while you just go about your business,
8: okay? It's all right with me. Let's take a look back there. Yeah, sure. It's not much. Go ahead. After you. Thanks. I'll get the light not much back here. You said it. But if this is where you want to stay, I guess up to you.
7: Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll move a couple of these cases around so we can sit on them. All right?
8: Yeah. Wait a minute.
7: I'll give you a hand there. Get that one over there, McCow. Okay. Make it a little more comfortable.
9: Yeah. Where do you want
7: it? Yeah, right here. Now, okay. ah, let's see how this is going to be. Shut that door about halfway, McCow. Okay. Now turn out the light, huh? All right. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be all right. We can sit back here and see everything that goes on out in the store with a bird's eye view. You want the light on now? Yeah, for a minute. That's uh, generally where you stand? At the counter, isn't it? That's where all the customers come in you?
8: Yeah, that's right. Right there.
7: Good. And where, where can we put our coats?
8: I don't think I've got any more hangers back there. Oh,
7: never mind. We'll just throw them over the Cases.
8: All right, if you want to.
7: Okay, Vicar, I'll take your coat off. Yeah, okay. Now, before we get settled down, let's go out in front again a minute.
8: All right. You don't think they'll come, but just in case they do, what happens?
7: Well, that's what I was going to tell you. Now, one of these guys always comes up to the counter. The other one stands near the door. Yeah. We can see both the counter and the door from back there, so we can see both of them. Here comes a customer. Okay.
8: Good evening, madam.
2: Good evening. I'd like a fifth of scotch, please.
8: Would you have any particular kind in mind? Well, I... This is very nice. Selkirk and Peebles.
5: Selkirk and Peebles?
8: A very fine brand of scotch whiskey.
5: Well, I'll have to
8: admit, I never heard of it. Look at that label. Selkirk and Peebles, established in 1778. Must be good if they stayed in business that long.
5: Must be.
7: But don't you think I... Lady, I'll
8: I'll, I'll sell you anything you want, but you take my word for it. You take this Selkirk and Peebles and you'll be back for more. Let me put it to this gentleman here. Now, what do you think of S&P? i
7: tell you the truth, I'm not a scotch drinker. I don't know one
8: scotch from the other. (laughs) Well, my husband is, and he does. Then you take this bottle of Selkirk and Peebles home to your husband. And if he's not satisfied with it, I'll miss my guess. Well... You'll be back for more. All right. What did you say, two-fifths? One. Just one, please. Here you are. Out of ten dollars. Yeah, sixty. Seventy-five. Six... Seven, eight, nine, and one is ten. Thank you very much. Call again, ma'am. Good night. And you'll be back for more. I hope so. (laughs) Sell Kirk and Peebles, huh? The boss says push it, so I push it. The salesman sold him, so I got to sell the customers. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's as good as any of them. Never even heard of it. I got news for you. Neither did I.
7: Well, let's get set here. (laughs) Now I'll tell you. And you just go about your business the way you would normally. Forget we're even back there. All right. We'll see everything that goes on out here. And if these two guys come in, don't try to signal us. Don't try to attract our attention. Don't look to the back. Just do what they tell you. Get your hands up in the air, open the cash register, do whatever they tell you. All right. And when we yell at them, they won't pay any more attention to you. They turn around toward us. You hit the floor and stay there. All right? Okay. Uh,
8: Now you got me a little shaky.
7: Now don't be shaky, Jack. Let me ask you a question. If they come in here, are you better off alone or are you better off with us in back? You sold me. Come on, Baccaro. Right with you. Just a normal operation, okay? Okay. Get the light, Baccaro. All right. Now, settle down. You've got a long wait. Yeah.
9: <clears throat> Think we ought to smoke back here?
7: I don't see why not. Just keep it covered. Novak. All right, I see them. Sit tight.
9: Two of them. And they fit.
8: Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. What do you got
2: in a bottle
8: of rye? Uh, yeah, here's
2: a real nice one. Mm-hmm. Okay,
8: I'll take it. Uh, anything else? No, that'll be all. How much? That'll be $4.50. Easy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you, gentlemen. Call again. Yeah. All right.
7: All right. Oh, brother. Yeah. Jack, you're a real trooper.
8: What do you mean, I'm a real trooper?
7: Those two guys look right. You acted as natural as all get out. Why shouldn't I? They're from the shoe store around
8: the corner. I've known them for years.
7: All right, just keep up the good work. Hey, look, it's
9: it's not going to be like that every time the door opens up, is it? I'll tell you. That
7: depends who opens the door.
4: You are listening to 21st Precinct, a factual account of the way police work in the world's largest city.
10: Today's newspaper is just like yesterday's, you figure. Hardly seems worthwhile to buy one, since the authorities closed down all the newspaper plants except their own. Government decrees, new laws, work quotas, makes pretty dull reading. And there's no sense in trying to figure out what's true and what isn't. You get their side of the news, or none at all. Can't compare it with others. There aren't any others. And people are so afraid to talk that you hardly get any news by word of mouth anymore. Well, that's the picture in some countries where the government owns or controls the press, but not in yours. You know why? It's because your government is absolutely forbidden from ever making a law to restrict freedom of speech or freedom of the press. Those freedoms were protected for you by a group of men who sat down 165 years ago and wrote out our Constitution and Bill of Rights. In the first article, they wrote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. That's why you can buy a newspaper with an editorial page, where someone writes his views on a particular subject. If his views aren't in accord with yours, well, you can write in and tell him so, and like as not, they'll print your letter the next day. And you have a freedom of choice of which newspaper you want to read, too, or which book you want to buy, or movie you want to see. It's guaranteed for you by our Bill of Rights. It is one of our freedoms.
4: Now, back to 21st Precinct and Captain Kennelly.
10: While Detective
3: Novak and Patrolman Vaccaro waited on a plant in the stockroom of the liquor store on Lexington Avenue, officers were concealed in other package stores in the 15th, 19th, 21st, and 23rd precincts... where the rash of armed robberies had broken out. Meanwhile, the entire patrol force in these districts, which together comprised the 6th Division was on the alert for the stick-up men who had committed 19 robberies in three weeks. As part of this alert, I remained on patrol for a longer period than usual... and was still out at 9.40 p.m., nearly three hours after Detective Novak and Patrolman Vaccaro first went on the plant. During that time, the front door to the shop had opened nearly 30 times. Each time, the officer tense. Then they relaxed. Well, tell me, Vaccaro, what's better? Walking the
7: post or sitting on a plant? Well, this sure isn't any pleasure. You said it isn't. Oh, Jack. Yeah? When's closing time? Ten o'clock. Good.
8: What?
9: I said good. Want another cigarette? No, no thanks. You look, tell me something. You, uh, you pull down this kind of a job often? I mean, sitting on a plant like this? No, not too often.
7: Well, that's good. Stop complaining. You've only been here three hours. Wait till you've been on one for 16 hours straight, on your feet, out in the cold, waiting for some guy to show up who's never coming. Then you can complain.
8: You fellas gonna be back tomorrow night? We don't know yet. Well, you made nice company. Thank you. Oh,
7: my aching back.
9: Stand up a while. I tried that. Nothing helps. Hold it. Customers.
11: Evening, gentlemen.
9: They don't fit. Quiet. What'll
11: it be, gentlemen? What do you got in a ride? rye whiskey Well, we've got those over here never mind that just put those hands on the couch. take it easy yeah, All
7: right. hold it down hold it now
11: just be a good boy we've both got the difference here and you could get your head blown off now take right, it
7: easy right. come on let's
11: get
7: the door easy hold it a second wait till I kick the door open yeah sure Come
11: on move out
3: of the way alright set yeah looks pretty good
12: eh? Right, now uh,
3: police officers crack get him get him up shoot
9: duck watch it get him get away from here. you got him
5: there. Hold up. All
11: right. All
2: right. Now get the hands up. All right. Get him up high. Drop that.
7: Carrows, take a look at one that's down. Yeah, all right. All right, now you. Kick the gun over here. Go on, kick it. All right.
2: Yeah, I think
9: this one's
7: dead. Caught one right between the eyes.
9: Jack, you all right? Yeah. Where are you? On the
7: floor. All right, you can get up now. I got the other one's gun. On. All right, hold on to it. Okay, you. Lean up against the counter. Come on. Come on, oh, lean up on
5: against it. All
7: right, take it easy. See what's on him, counter. Yeah. Take it easy. Shut up.
8: Boy, what a mess.
7: You better get over there out of the way, Jack. Oh. Ah. Uh,
8: over here, all right? That's fine. Yeah.
9: Money's in his top
7: coat pocket. Yeah, I got it. All right, hold on to it. Hey, here's the cop on the beat.
8: Uh, what's going on
7: there? What do you got? Uh, the liquor store bandits, we're okay. Post yourself out front. Keep the people out.
8: Okay.
7: All right, let's get the cuffs on them. All right,
9: put your hands behind you.
7: How am I gonna lean? Lean with your head. Get your hands behind you. Oh. Okay. All right, he's set. All right, mister, straighten up.
11: Listen, what do you want from me? I want
7: plenty from you. Sit down on the floor there. Go ahead, sit down. All right. Keep your eye on him. I'll ring in. Yeah, all right. Going to use the phone, Jack.
8: Up and Boy, that was close. Pretty close.
7: Who sure was? Hello, CB. Detective Novak, 21st Squad. Send an ambulance to 3302 Lexington Avenue. Yeah, 3302. We were sitting on a plan at a liquor store. Two men attempted to commit an armed robbery. One shot, we're holding the other. No, no, I think he's dead Yeah, all right Will you connect me with 21st? Yeah, thanks
8: How many shots were fired around here anyway?
7: I didn't have time to count them, Jack
8: Hello, Sergeant, Detective Novak
7: We're on a plant at 3302 Lexington Yeah, Vaccaro and I Yeah, that's right, they came in Uh, One dead, I think, we got the other one All right, good Will you ring upstairs? Okay, thanks, Sergeant
8: That was good work That was good work Thanks, Jack I knew you were back there. I knew everything was going to be all right. (laughs) But I was still scared to death.
7: Well, I don't blame you. I know how you feel. All
8: right,
9: where do you live?
7: What's this slob got to say for himself? Uh, Nothing yet. Just that his name is
9: Earl
11: Creedy.
7: Earl Creedy, huh? Where do you live?
11: Downtown, in the village.
7: Well, you've been living up here on the east side lately, haven't you? What do you mean? Nineteen stick-ups in three weeks, that's what I mean.
11: You're out of your mind.
7: Don't tell me I'm out of my mind. All
9: right, what's your friend's name?
11: Navin. Richie Navin. Where does he live? In the village, too. How old are you? 24. How old is he? Oh no, Same age, I guess I never asked. him. You been in trouble before? Yeah, I've been in trouble before.
7: How many times you arrested?
11: I don't know, four, five, six, something like that. You ever do any big time? Yeah, I did some big time. What for? Grain Larson. How much did you do? 27 months. I got news
7: for you, mister. You're gonna do some more. Yeah. Guess
11: I am. Well, listen. Is he dead? Yeah, he looks that way. It's too bad he was a nice guy. Yeah. a sweetheart...
8: Listen, Mister Novak, I better call my boss. Don't you
7: think? Now wait a while. I like to keep this phone open. Well, he's
8: entitled to know.
7: Well, it won't hurt him if he knows five minutes
8: later. Got some of the money out of the cash register. One put in his pocket. No, no, no. We got it. Started stuffing his pocket. I don't even know how much was in there altogether until I totaled it up. I got to let my boss know how much. How, how much it was. Well, whatever
7: it is, you'll get it back. It wasn't much. It was enough. You better go stand over there, Jack. Brother,
8: what a mess
2: around here! Who is it, ever, Carol?
7: Hey, yeah, Sergeant, Vaccaro and Novak. Well, wow. looks like you hit
2: the jackpot. Yeah, I guess we did, Sergeant. This is a lucky one, huh? Yeah, lucky. I'm the luckiest man in the world. You sure are. Sure the other one's dead? Yeah, you got one right between the eyes. Well, 20 was your magic number, huh, mister?
11: What do you mean, 20?
2: You guys sure get dumb in a hurry, don't you? What happened? Well, we got on a plant here at
7: 6.45. We sat in back there. These two guys walked in about 9.30. We didn't think too much of them at first.
9: No, sir, we didn't. They're not very close to the description.
7: What description? You just sit there and keep your mouth shut. But we kept our eyes on them anyway. They asked for a bottle of rye and they walked over to the counter. And that one there stayed by the door and this one talked to the clerk. This one pulled a gun out and started threatening around. We got set and came out after them. We told them we were cops. They turned on us.
2: This is how it wound up. I don't see how it could have wound up any other way. You guys just pressed your luck too much. Did the call come over ambulance responding, Sergeant? Yeah, Vaquero. There's an ambulance on the way. Well, let's go over and take a look at the other one.
11: What does he mean, press my luck?
2: Yeah. I think he's had it. Who's a good marksman?
9: You or Novak? Well, to tell you the truth, Sergeant, I don't know. I was shooting at both of them. First one and the other.
2: How many shots you fired?
9: Well, I, uh... I think i got a four i don't know let me take a look never mind sit still yeah four what's this one's name you know well the other one says this one is richie naven
2: poor richie huh
9: yeah poor richie
2: well he looked for it and he got it well, let's talk to the clerk
11: that's the truth it's the honest to goodness truth you wouldn't know the truth without a neon sign on it
8: hello jack oh hi sergeant well you hit the jackpot tonight i guess i did and i want to quit while i'm ahead well there's
3: a the captain hello captain Good work, Vicaro. Thanks, Captain. Well, this ends a lot of trouble for us. Yes, yes, I know. They gave you a rough time,
9: huh? Well, we weren't sure at first that it was them. They weren't too close to the descriptions we had.
8: I know it was them. I was looking at their guns.
3: Well, I want to see what that one has to say for himself. I'll
8: forget you fellas have your topcoats coats and back there.
3: Don't no worry, we won't. <laughs> Hello, Novak. Captain,
8: this
7: is the sorriest thief you ever met. He gets hooked hot on the job, his partner gets killed, and he's still got nerve enough to insist that this is the first deal he's been in on.
11: What's your name? How many times do I have to
7: say it? Now, look, mister, you better get straightened out and get straightened out fast. Now, tell the captain your name. It's
3: Creedy. Earl Creedy. You and your partner have been pretty busy boys, haven't you?
11: Just met him today. Look, what do you want from me? Sure, you
3: just met him today. And you dreamt about those 19 other stick-ups. I don't know
7: anything about any other 19 stick-ups. He hasn't given us a hard enough time already. He wants to make it harder.
11: Where'd you meet him? I told you, you wouldn't believe me anyway, so what's the use of telling you? Uh,
3: you tell me and let me make up my own mind. Where'd you meet him?
11: In a bar down in a village.
3: What bar was that?
11: I don't know, some... some bar on 7th Avenue.
3: When? Today, this afternoon. And you got to be such good friends that you just decided to go out together and stick up a liquor store,
11: hmm? Huh? Well, that's not exactly the way we decided, but it'll do. Now, why don't you tell us the truth? I ain't telling you the truth. What have I got to hold back?
7: Who do you think you're fooling? Not us.
11: I'm not trying to fool anybody.
7: You're past that stage. Hello, Captain. Oh, All right. Good work, Novak. Thank you, Lieutenant. And this is Earl Creedy. The other one's Richard Navin. Earl doesn't believe in telling the truth. He says this is the first liquor store he ever heisted. He says he had nothing to do with those 19 others.
11: He's right.
6: He didn't. He didn't? Got yourself a good pair of heisters, Novak. But the ones we're looking for just hit down the 15th precinct. Not five minutes ago.
11: No kidding. You see, I
3: told you. Did they hit a store that was planted, Matt?
6: No, they got away clean, Captain. Number 20.
11: I get dropped on number one. And they hit number 20. Some luck I got
3: Well, you're better off than they are, Earl. You're through. They're still shopping around for what your friend got.
2: 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah. Yeah. How many women? What is it, a bargain sale there? What do they want? Yeah. Yeah yeah
3: and so it goes around the clock through the week every day every year a police precinct in the city of new york is a flesh and blood merry-go-round anyone can catch the brass ring or the brass ring can catch anyone
4: 21st precinct transcribed a factual account of the way the police work in the world's largest city is presented with the official cooperation of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, an organization of more than 20,000 members of the Police Department, City of New York. Everett Sloan in the role of Captain Kennelly, Ken Lynch as Lieutenant King, Harold Stone as Sergeant Waters. Featured in tonight's cast were Martha Greenhouse, John Sylvester, Frank Marth, Mason Adams, and Lawson Zerby. Written and directed by Stanley Niss. Produced for CBS Radio by John Ives. George Bryan speaking.
0: This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and
10: Television Service.
1: And this is as appropriate a place as any to mention that the Armed Forces Radio and Television Service, or the Armed Forces Radio Service, as it was known in the early days is responsible for saving a lot of the radio that we have today, and we really owe them a debt of gratitude. I know they were doing it for the soldiers at the time. The recordings, however, have survived, and thanks to them, we have a lot of radio to listen to. So thank you, Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Well, as mentioned before, it's time for that killbilly from Hollywood, Judy Canova, and she's fiddling around with a saxophone in a program called Judy and the Saxophone from 1945.
0: From Hollywood, the Judy Canova Show, brought to you each week by the Colgate Palmolive Company, makers of Palmolive soap and Colgate tooth powder. i Soap, your beauty hope, and Colgate Tooth Powder for a Breasted Sweet present the Judy Canova Show with Mel Blank, Ruby Dandridge, Verna Felton, Joe Kearns, the sportsman, Opie Case and his orchestra, and starring Judy Canova. <laughs>
13: If it ain't wave, it's whack. If it ain't skirt, it's clack. Gotta be this or that. If it ain't steer, it's doggy. If it ain't pipe, it's doggy. If it ain't baby, it's bogey. Gotta be this or that. Who can it be? If it ain't me, I know it's not your brother. Can't you see it's gotta be
14: just or the other Tell me what I
13: must know If you don't like, I'll go If it ain't yes, it's no it's gotta be this or that Now listen here, Max I'm really in demand Men asking for my hand So you just understand It's gotta be this or that I ain't gonna sit and wait even I had a date in 1928, so it's got to be this or that. Why well, I met one soldier from the South Pacific. He was cute, kind of tall and lanky. And he said I reminded him of lovely native girls he'd seen. And, hey, what is it, you, huh? So just make up your mind, because if you don't, you'll find I ain't the pay. Just and you're liable to come in contact with a baseball basketball so without a.
0: Well Judy has decided to augment her vocal talents by becoming a musician, and as our scene opens, she's practicing on the saxophone.
13: Draium Auranium. Oh, Uranium. Yes, Miss Judy. Come over here. Take those earmuffs off. I'm coming, honey. How can you hear with those earmuffs on? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think of my playing? Does my music send you? Oh yes, and it sends me all right. But that ain't the way I like to travel. <laughs> well, I learned a new number. Listen to this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I Miss mean, Judy, what number was that? Song of India by Rimsky Korsakov. Rimsky Korsakov? Well, it sounded flat Well, sure it's flat Korsakov is driving in on the Rimsky Oh <laughs> Hey, Miss Judy, you got your
5: mouth stuck
13: in that saxophone Here, I'll help you
5: mm.
13: That settles it That's the last time I'll ever play the saxophone while I'm chewing bubblegum gum did you ever play a musical instrument? Oh, yeah, honey. I used to play the tuba. I put everything I had into that tuba. You did? Yeah, and with my shape, I could just about make it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello, Aunt Aggie. How'd you like my saxophone solo? Well, Judy,
15: I can't say much for your playing. Why must you always play swing? I'm fed up with
13: popular music. Well, it's just, Aunt Aggie. After I play it, it ain't popular.
15: Of course, I like some modern conductors, such as Paul Whiteman and Costellanis. Whom do you like?
13: Well, I kind of lean toward Harry James, but Betty Grable keeps pushing me away. Ah, <laughs> oh, but the old masters
15: will live forever.
13: Yep. After all, where would music be today if Wagner didn't give a wag, Beethoven didn't give a beat, and Reich didn't give Duty. a... Judy! I thought I was going to cuss and say darn, didn't you? <laughs> well, this ain't getting my practicing done. Hey, look, Miss Judith. That man next door is opening his window and waving at you. Oh, hello there, Mr. Michael. Did you hear me playing? Indeed I did. Do you know Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe? Yeah. Do you want me to play it? No, I want you to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Judy, he's just old meanie. Yeah, I know it. He's so mean he uses barbed wire for a clothesline so the birds can't sit down. Birds <laughs> little <laughs> oh, bird feels so sorry for him just standing hey, around Judy. twiddling the feathers. Miss Judy, any is... time for toodle time on the radio? Oh, gosh, yeah. I nearly forgot my favorite right program. Turn it on, geranium.
16: Yes, ma'am. The tootle saxophone hour is on the air. Toodle saxophones are dandy, built to get your mouth and snoot.
17: Buy a horn and keep it handy when you're going on a toot.
16: A toot,
5: toot, toot.
16: Hello, everybody. This is Hot Lips Dan, your saxophone man. Are you a social outcast? You sit home alone.
13: Yeah, night after night. You do?
16: Uh Uh-huh. Well, then, take our saxophone course and be the life of the party. If after six lessons you don't play the saxophone beautifully, I'll kiss a pig.
13: Josh, I've had six lessons. I wonder how I'm doing. Okay, lady, you win. <laughs> Turn that darn thing off, Geranium. Yes, ma'am dogs on it. Seems like every time I turn the radio on some jughead sticks his tater trap into the microphone and says Pardon me for talking in your
12: face senorita.
13: <laughs> oh hello Pedro. How do you like the way I play the saxophone?
12: Well senorita I like the way you play it but I don't like the way you hold it up to your mouth. Why? Because that is what makes your music come out. <laughs> senorita do you play Shostakovich Tchaikovsky or Monignock? No. <laughs> Who? Shastakovich, Tchaikovsky, Money off. Now, once more, Pedro, to wash the soap off.
5: (laughs)
13: You know, something Mr. Maxwell don't like my playing neither. I asked him what he thought of my execution, and he said he was in favor of it.
12: (laughs) Senorita, if I was here, he wouldn't talk that way. I fought in the Golden Gloves. In the Golden Gloves? How'd you come out? Pete (laughs) first. I was in the heavyweight division of the Golden Gloves. But, Pedro, you're not heavy enough. Well, senorita, my Golden Gloves had lead in them. (laughs) But you know, I won three fights in a row. I fought Kid Gonzalez, Kid Ramirez, Kid Garcia, and then I lost. What happened? They stopped giving me kids and made me fight a man. (laughs) (laughs) But the biggest moment of my career was when I fought Joe Louis... Boy, did I have him frightened.
13: You had Joe Lewis frightened?
12: See, he thought he killed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cendrita, I will go now. Buenas tardes.
13: And a hot party to you, too,
5: Pedro. <laughs>
0: his clarinet and his orchestra playing in Acapulco. Use cold gate juice powder Keep
5: smiling just
14: right Use it each morning And use it each night Don't take a chance
0: this message from Colgate Tooth Powder. When the one you've a crush on gives you the brush off, quickly ask yourself, could I have a little breath of trouble? For that breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, has cooled many a romance. Yes, it's happened to thousands without their knowing. So don't you run the risk. Follow the Colgate Tooth Powder routine. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Because scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. Remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance.
14: With your own hands,
13: use phone gate to follow Miss Judy. There's a note from Mr. Maxwell, the man next door. Let's see what it says. Oh, it says he's coming over to tighten the part of my saxophone so I can't play so loud. Yeah, well what part's he gonna tighten? The strap around my neck. <laughs> but I'll show him I'm gonna be a great musician. Yeah, honey. Maybe someday you'll even play Carnegie Hall at the Metropolitan. Pardon me, Miss Canova. Yes, mister? I heard
11: you playing the saxophone and I've come to sign you up.
13: Oh, are you from the Metropolitan?
11: No, I'm from
15: Prudential.
13: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I better start my practicing again. Oh, gee, that wasn't very good. I better run over it again. Put it out in the street and we'll all run over it. <laughs> Geranium, I told you we we're gonna have trouble with that man. Mm. And you read, I don't like our neighbor, Mr. Maxwell. Pedro, if you don't like him, why were you playing
12: marbles with his kids? Well, we wasn't playing marbles. I had a fight with Mr. Maxwell and his kids was helping me pick up my teeth.
5: <laughs> well, how
12: did the fight start? Mr. Maxwell dropped a bunch of leaves on my head. Oh, now, Pedro, how could a bunch of leaves hurt you? It was the leaves out of his dining room table.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Then, excuse me,
12: if Mr. Maxwell ever saw
13: my boyfriend, Pomeroy, he wouldn't bother. That's right, Geranium. Pomeroy is big, isn't he? Oh, yes, and he's the original Mr. Five-by-Five. But Pomeroy is the only man in the army who has to fall out in a column of (laughs) threes. Well, that's Dobelle. I'll answer. Who
15: is it, geranium? Then
13: Mrs. Frost, the kind of bonfire, did you ever see Miss Judy? Well, show him in. Howdy, Count. Ah, Jerry! <laughs> I kept you as
16: fast as I could. My heart zoomed into the sky, my brain began to spin, and I flew to you on the wings of love. Yes, <laughs>
13: sure, Count, you better straighten up and fly around here.
16: <laughs> I heard about your troubles from your Aunt Agatha. Ah, what a stew! You are in. What is the trouble with your neighbor?
13: Well, it started like this, count. What do you think of it, Count? Oh it is very good,
16: Cherry, but uh, I think you have a little too much fortissimo in your moderato.
13: Yes, it's just this tight dress I'm wearing. Uh, <laughs> listen to this, count.
16: Ah my petite. Oh, little pigeon! Ah, chérie Ah, shut up! <laughs>
5: chérie, that man is a
16: cowardly cat I will fight him a duel
13: that a boy, Count Fight him a duel at 20 faces And you choose the weapon
16: Oh, no I will let him choose the weapons I will choose the number of faces
13: Yeah, I can just see the headlines now Man in California fights duel with Count in South America
16: Oh, my party, that is not true I would gladly face death for you
13: Then go over and face that man
16: But, Cherie, that man is not dead. (laughs) Cherie, that man has insulted you, and this I cannot
13: stand. I simply cannot stand. What are you gonna do? I'm going to lie down. (laughs) Miss John, Miss Judy. What is it, Geranium? Oh, it's that Mr. Maxwell. He's done ruined our vegetables. Ruined our vegetables? How? Well, he has a clay pigeon that he crossed with a mud hen, and it's laying bricks all over our victory (laughs) garden.
15: That settles it. Judy, I can't stand any more of this. We're going to sell this house. I'm going to call Mr. Goff, my real estate broker, right now.
13: Well, that's okay with me, Aunt Aggie. I'll write an ad for the newspaper, too. Let me see now. Eighteen-room house with four square bathtubs. Judy, will mentioning square bathtubs help sell the house? Why, sure, that'll appeal to people. When you take a bath in a square bathtub, you can't leave a ring. (laughs) Ladies, Judy, if we get a new house, I hope we don't get one with those modern gadgets. Practice white Geranium? Well, for one thing, I don't like those automatic fire sprinklers that turn on if a room gets too hot. Why not? Well, one night, my boyfriend, Pomeroy, kissed me in the kitchen, and before we knew it, we were swimming in three feet of water. (laughs)
17: Hey, wait a minute. Has anybody seen Judy? Yeah, we saw her. She was in a little jukebox joint. Besides the record
14: machine, to Judy Canova so mad? She would see in red. She banged on the counter till the owner came over. And this is what Judy
13: said. I come here from fur
0: Remember, doctors prove olive beauty results. It's true. Doctors prove Palmolive soap can bring two out of three women a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days. And this plan was tested on women with all types of skin.
15: Even women with dry skin, oily skin, rough skin, women as old as fifty, even women whose skin wasn't clear.
0: Yes, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, have proved the 14-day Palmolive plan improves all types of skin. Yes, brings fresher, brighter, younger-looking complexions. Start your 14-day palm olive plan now. It's as simple as one, two, three. Here's all you do. One.
15: Wash your face with palm olive soap. Two. Then massage your face for 60 seconds with palm olive soft, lovely lather. You see, one full minute of this cleansing massage brings your skin palm olive's full, beautifying effect. Three. Then rinse. Do this just three times a day for 14 days.
0: And that's all. Remember, doctors proved this beauty plan with palm olive soap. Brought two out of three of all women tested a more beautiful complexion in just 14 days, no matter what beauty care they used before. So get palm olive soap. See what palm olive can do for your own complexion in only 14 days.
15: And for tub or shower, for loveliness all over, get the new big thrifty bath size palm olive.
13: improved?
15: Well, frankly, Judy, the timbre of your vibrato proves your ambassade is bad. You haven't enough allegro in your pizzicato, and uh, you don't
13: sustain your crescendo. Now, what does that mean in plain American?
15: (laughs) In plain American, Judy, you ain't got no (laughs) schmock.
5: You mean to
13: tell me that I'm a square? Well, uh, let's say you're a little on the icky side. Oh, shucks. Now, let's be fair about this thing, Aunt Aggie. You ain't no Bobby Soxer yourself. (laughs) I may never have
15: swooned at Frankie Sinatra, but uh, there have been times when I've felt
13: a little faint. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
15: Thank
5: you, Radio.
13: Do you like Frankie Sinatra singing? Oh, yes, honey. Mr. Sinatra's singing really sends me. Sinatra sends you? Oh, yes, ma'am. He may have to make two trips, but he's in.
5: <laughs>
16: good morning, good morning, ladies. I have wonderful news.
15: Oh, it's Mister.
13: Goff, my real estate broker.
15: Have you sold the house?
16: Why, yes, I sold it this morning, and tomorrow we go to escrow.
13: Escrow. Gee, that's swell. Is that anywhere near Pismo Beach? <laughs> now, Swim you, myself, don't Never <laughs> but Whether you swim or not,
15: we'll get away from that terrible neighbor. Have you lined us up another place?
16: Oh, I've not only lined one up, I've bought it for you.
13: Golly, Mr. Goff, I sure hope it ain't one of those small Hollywood apartments.
16: You do what?
13: Well, them Hollywood apartments are so small, when you close the bedroom door, the doorknob gets in bed with you. <laughs> and you know them brass doorknobs on a cold night. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how hard it is to buy Woolies these days. Have you tried to buy no, willies? No, I haven't, as a of Well, fact. I have, I'm telling you. Well, you, you know, right. uh, <laughs> I have one house lined up for you. Oh, But, you did? Uh, yes, there's
16: something mysterious about it. I went to the OPA, but they referred me to the FBI.
13: Well, what
16: house was that? The house on 92nd Street. Oh. But don't worry about the house I did buy for you. That I'm sure you like it. That
13: didn't it? That <laughs>
14: house on 92nd <laughs> Well, now that we've sold the house, I can play the saxophone. Open oh,
13: up in there. Open up in there. I can't stand it any Oh, why, Mr. Maxwell, say, I thought you were a younger man, but you got white sideburns.
17: These aren't sideburns. I've got cotton stuff in my ears.
13: Yeah, mighty poor grade of cotton. There's some bow weevils crawling down your chin. There. What do you mean busting in like this anyhow?
17: It's that saxophone. Can't you play any other instrument?
13: Well, I can play the flit.
17: Flit? Don't you mean poop?
13: No, when I play, I spray. <laughs> yeah, I don't kill no flies, but I sure can murder the bee.
17: There's likely to be murder, all right. I'm telling you that if you think, if I thought that you, if you think... Say, hey, what am I mad about? I forgot what I came over here to tell you. I just bought this house, and I'm going to throw you out.
13: Do you hear that, Aunt Aggie? Mr. Maxwell bought our house. then <sighs> Miss Judy, that real estate man's back again. Oh, come in, Mr. Goff. Uh, Miss Canova,
16: about that house I bought for you, I forgot to tell you where it is. Uh, here's the address. Mr. Goff? Why, he
17: sold me this house. What house did you buy, Miss Canova?
13: <laughs> yeah, well, we bought your house. <laughs> My
17: house! <laughs> hey, now we're right back where we started. What are we going to do about it?
13: Well, I don't know what you're going to do about it, but i got to get back
5: some of the
13: Oh, not that! Not that! Not that! Folks, we all have dreams, some of them good and some of them bad. But there's one dream we all share with our loved ones in the armed forces who are still overseas. The dream of the time to come when we can all be together again. I'll buy that dream. Imagine me with my head on your
14: shoulder And you with your lips getting bolder A sky full of moon and a sweet mellow tune that dream Imagine me in a gown white and flowery And you thanking dad for my dowry A church full of clothes and those last minute doves All by that dream A honeymoon a brand new auto gyro, then home by rocket and a wing. We'll settle down near Dallas in a little plastic palace. It's not as crazy as you think. Imagine me on a birth and a bird's with someone like you in the nerve doesn't sound bad, and if it can be had, I'll buy that dream A honeymoon in Cairo, with a brand new auto gyro, then home by rocket in a wing. We'll settle down near Dallas, in a little plastic tower It's not as crazy as you think. Imagine me on a first anniversary with someone like you in the nursery. It doesn't doesn't sound bad, and if it
5: can be had, I'll
0: This is Vern Smith asking you to follow the 14-day palm olive plan for a lovelier complexion. And don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder night and morning and before every date. Good news, ladies. More points for used fats. Yes, you now get four points a pound for your used cooking fats. Four instead of two. Those extra points will help you buy choice cuts of meat. Why has Uncle Sam increased the points for cooking fats? It's because there is an alarming shortage in industrial fats. So in order to hurry along wonderful peacetime products, do save all the cooking fat you can. It's needed in the manufacture of nylons, electric appliances, upholstery, textiles, baby carriages, and hundreds of other articles. And don't forget, soap requires a colossal amount of fat. You can speed up soap supplies by saving every possible drop of fat. You will, won't you? Remember, your butcher now pays you four
13: cents and four points
0: for every pound of cooking fat. Now, here's Judy.
13: Folks, it was awfully nice being with you tonight, and I hope we'll all be together again next Saturday night. In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that bring us together each week, Palmolive Soap and Colgate Tooth Powder, the bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood saying...
14: Good night, soldier, wherever you may be, bye.
0: You can the show was written by Fred Fox and Henry Hoople. This is the National Broadcasting Comedy.
1: That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan, thanking you for listening.